0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Couch Potato Diary. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. It is a beautiful time in the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. We have the Masters, you might be able to hear some of it playing in the background, I hope not, you're not supposed to, but, uh, it's, it's Tiger's playing, so I gotta at least have it on, um, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary, they have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs, visit them online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com, it is one of the best fight weekends of the year, certainly of the year, so far, um... We have, coming up, Gennady Golovkin is fighting. Ryan Garcia is fighting. And I think this is... Easily the best UFC card that we have had in 2022 so far. So a, a lot to, to get into. Um didn't get to go as in-depth in the previews as I wanted to because of that whole COVID thing that I was going through. But there's a lot of fights that I at least want to touch on on this. We'll start with the boxing, as Gennady Golovkin is looking to solidify his chance of fighting Canelo Alvarez one more time as he goes to the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama City, Japan to take on Ryoto Murata for. the IBF and IBO middleweight championships as well as the WBA super middleweight championship. This should not be a difficult test for Gennady Golovkin, I don't believe. At least, For the Gennady Golovkin that we've seen before. The issue for Triple G right now is that he has only fought once during the pandemic. It was at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Florida back December 18th, 2020. Not that you need to fight during a pandemic, but this is a fighter who has only fought three times since 2018. Since his loss to Canelo Alvarez back in 2018, he has fought Three times. One of those against a, a very, very good Derevyanchenko back in October. Um, but he he really hasn't been able to test himself all that much. And there there's a couple of ways you can look at that. This is a guy who is in his 40s now, and so because of that, I would say the less wear and tear on the body, the better. But if this is a, a Gennady Golovkin who is not necessarily back at his sharpest, then Murata is a fighter who can at least take advantage of that a little bit. I I don't anticipate that. I think the likely outcome in all of this is Gennady Golovkin gets a win, and then he will face Triple G coming up in probably, I would say, September after, um, sorry, he'll fight Canelo after, um, in September after Canelo wins his next fight coming up next month. Actually, exactly a month from uh, when I'm recording this here on the, the Thursday here before Fight Night Friday. Um... So, I think Gennady Golovkin gets the win. I I don't think there's a a whole lot to to really dive into with that. Another intriguing fight is at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, coming up on Saturday night, as Ryan Garcia takes on Emmanuel Togo. Garcia has not fought since January of 2021, as he has been going through a lot recently with uh, mental health issues, he has some changes in camp, that there is a whole lot of unpredictability in this Ryan Garcia fight. If we get the Ryan Garcia that we saw the last time he was out, as he is on a uh, what is this? Jeez, that's five fights in a row that he has knocked his opponents out. If we see that Ryan Garcia, who is at that level when we last saw him fighting in Texas at the beginning of 2021 against Luke Campbell for the interim lightweight championship at the WBC, then th- this is going to be a quick night. It is going to be a successful night for one of the sports rising prospects. And once again, we have another big name that can be added to the list. But, there's so much unpredictability in all of this again the most likely outcome is ryan garcia gets a win here however we th- there is so much going on with this guy he has pulled out of fights citing mental health issues and that is a difficult journey that i just i don't think you just get over that in a year he has been called out as someone who doesn't train a whole lot by the best in the business canelo alvarez because of that in part. He has switched camps, so there is a lot going on in this young man's life as he gets ready for his 22nd professional bout this Saturday at the Alamo Dome. Again, I think he has the gifts and the ability to pick up the win in this fight, but I am very interested to see what Ryan Garcia 2.0 looks like. you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music and check out their new music out now. UFC 273 from Jacksonville, Florida, the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena is going to be home to I would say probably the deepest UFC card we uh, card we've had so far this year. Again, I apologize. Normally I like to go a bit more in depth on some of these. Um still going to like th- there's still a lot of fights I want to talk about on this card, but um it's just preparations for this were hindered slightly I will say by COVID. Good card in general. Like this is one you can start watching with the Fight Pass prelims. They're the main event on the Fight Pass prelims and again, I'm recording this on Thursday. So if uh, one or all of these I guess drop out because of a um, weight cut issue, um, I apologize. I can't imagine that'll be an issue in this fight. In the heavyweight division, Alexei Olenek taking on Jared Vandera. These are a couple of fighters who both desperately need a win. For Alexey Linick, he's coming into this one with a record that is incredible of 59 and 16 with one draw, of course. He's lost three in a row. Now, he's lost three in a row to very good competition in Sergei Spivak, Chris Daukus, and Derek Lewis. Okay, very good competition would be a bit of a stretch, but good competition, coming off of the biggest win of his career over Fabricio Verdum back on May 9th of 2020, but overall, this is a fighter who has lost five of his last seven, and essentially, any time over the last five years that he has stepped in there with upper echelon fighters he has lost like he has wins over jr albini and mark hunt which is fine but losses to curtis blades alistair over and then walt harris and then beat morris green and fabrizio verdum which at a time was a high level fight 2020 Eh, uh but then loses to Derek lewis kristokos and sergey spivak for jared vandera he has lost three of his last four, with losses to the aforementioned Spivak, along with Alexander Romanov and Andrei Arlovsky in his last bout. I would say, I'm always really bad at these, because the... The bar for UFC fighter has, I think, been lowered substantially along the way. But I think the loser of this fight could really get cut. Like this does kind of feel like a loser leaves town sort of a match, uh, sort of a fight, sorry. And I think Alexei Olinik is going to be victorious in this one. Um, it was a, a close fight with Arlovsky, but he did lose that. And like we said before, Alexei Olinik loses to upper echelon competition. Unfortunately, I don't view Vandera as that at this time. So, while maybe cutting a 29-year-old heavyweight doesn't make a whole lot of sense, this is just someone who, in terms of reaching the upper echelon, doesn't feel like that's necessarily in the card. So, I like Alexio Linick to get the win there. On the uh, regular prelim cards, Mickey Gall is in action against the Wikipedia pageless Mike Malott. For Mickey Gall, he's 30 now. It's crazy how that has kind of sped up a little bit since uh, we were introduced to him against CM Punk six years ago and then uh, a win over Sage Northcutt. He was 4-0 to start the career. Now 7-4. and He's alternated wins and losses since that um, Sage Northcutt fight. So it would lead you to believe he's going to win this one coming off of a loss to Alex Morano in his last bout back in December of 2021. Um, th- this is more about Mickey Gall. Uh, for for Mike Mullot, I-, I don't, I just don't know a whole lot about Malat. For Mickey Gall, this is someone who I think the promotion actually had a lot of interest in. Obviously, like you look at the fights that he got CM Punk, Sage Northcutt. Also fight against Diego Sanchez in there. A, a relatively high profile bout against Mike Perry. This, this is someone who the organization has been behind and just can't fully get there because, as we just discussed, the results are so all over the place. And the resume looks fine. Like, seven and four. Okay, that's pretty good. Six wins by submission. Okay, that's great. Again, 4-0, four submission wins to start. It just it hasn't got into second gear in the UFC career yet for Mickey Gall. I don't... I, I came into this thinking, okay, yeah, there's probably still something there. At 30, with the rocky start, I would say, or the the rocky nature of the resume, I I don't know if we're ever going to get that real Mickey Gall run. We've seen guys improve while they're in the UFC before, but this is... I just don't know if we're ever going to get to that level that some of us maybe thought we were with Mickey Gall. Intriguing fight in the women's bantamweight division. Aspen Ladd taking on uh, Raquel Pennington. Uh, Pennington, obviously, a former title challenger. But that was an otherworldly loss to Amanda Nunes. She came back from that with another loss to Jermaine Durandamy where there was the discussion about, like, should they have stopped that fight against Amanda Nunes? Because this is now a lot of a sustained beating back at UFC 224. And there was some concern about where where Pennington might be. But now she's rattled off three wins in a row. I don't know if we ever get back to title challenger status with Raquel Pennington. But um, at least back into relevancy in terms of rankings for Raquel Pennington in the the women's bantamweight division. For Aspen Ladd, still just 27 years old, feels like she's been in the octagon for forever, and she's been there for five years. Back uh, October of 2017 was her debut. She's lost two of her last three, one of those coming against Jermaine Durandamy, uh, a win against Diana Kunitskaya, which is... Nothing to to shake your head at, but losing in her featherweight debut against Norma Dumont. So now, uh, back down to bantamweight. I I think this is a much more advantageous weight class for her. I I think she gets the win in this bout. I I am high on the talents of Aspen Ladd. I I like Raquel Pennington as a fighter, but I, I just... I think that this is a time for Aspen Ladd to step up and get a win. Again, a couple of other heavyweights who are in need of victories this Saturday as the Octagon is back in uh, Jacksonville. You have Jarzinho Rosenstruck taking on Marcin Tybura. A couple heavyweights who people were high on Rosenstruck has a couple of major wins, right? Like, Andrei Arlovsky is a big name. He's beat Alistair over him, knocked him out late in the fifth round back in 2019, got his chance against Francis Ngannou, and got sent into another dimension. Beat Junior Dos Santos, but then lost to Cyril Gon. Got a win against Sakai, and then lost to Curtis Blades. It's... It's been a bit of a, again, up and down go for Rosenstruck since he burst his way onto the scene with a late win over Alistair Overeem. For Marcin Tybura, there are five wins in a row that were halted by a loss in Abu Dhabi against Alexander Volkov back at UFC 267. I still think that fighter is in there. It's a lot of decisions on the the resume for Marcin Tybura. I I think he gets the job done. I think he has the style that kind of limits Rosenstruck here. So I I think Tybura gets a win. We go to the main card and a very interesting fight at lightweight as Mark Madsen takes on Vince from Hell Pachelle. Madsen is undefeated uh, with three wins coming in the octagon, one in 2019, one in 2020, one in 2021, the most recent a split decision win over Clay Guida. This is a gigantic leap in competition against Pichel, who has won three in a row, coming off of a loss against Gregor Gillespie, who has taken a bit of a step back in terms of relevancy, but that was a major fight on that fight night card back on June 1 of 2018. I still see a lot of potential in Pichel, and maybe um, that's because... Well, is the wrong word. The guy's 39. I still think there's a lot there, uh, I-, I guess, is what I, I can say. like I, He's not an up-and-comer. He's 39 years old. So potential was the wrong way of phrasing that. But I I still think that there is a lot left in the tank, we'll say, for Pichéll, And I just don't think, like, this is, I think, a gigantic step up in competition for Mark Madsen. I don't know if he's there yet. I think Pichel ends up getting the win. In the women's strawweight division, Mackenzie Dern taking on Tisha Torres. Torres has won three in a row after losing four in a row after winning Three in a row after losing one following a seven fight win streak. So a streaky fighter, um, we can say the most recent victory coming over Tisha Torres back in Houston at UFC 265. This is her third straight um pay-per-view bout. She had an excellent run there of fights against like high, high, high level competition. Jessica Andraj, Joanna and Jacek, Zhangwe Li, Marina Rodriguez, who yes, I would put in that area. Um the the three wins certainly don't match the the resumes of the, the four losses, but still, Tisha Torres getting back on track, taking on Mackenzie Dern, who lost her last bout to Marina Rodriguez coming off of a, a four-fight win streak. I, again, view this as a pretty big... I don't want to say a jump-up in competition, because Marina Rodriguez was that jump-up, and I don't think she passed that test very well. I, I think Tisha Torres will be an interesting test to see where Mackenzie Dern is at. I will admit it, like, I... I tried to see what a lot of people saw and obviously like the, the grappling skills are excellent. They they really, really are. But I think Tisha Torres is strong enough, both just as a fighter and in the, the grappling department of blue belt in jujitsu, that she won't. Necessarily wade into those waters. I don't think Mackenzie Dern is going to be able to put Tisha Torres in a position to take advantage of the grapp- grappling advantage that she has. I think Tisha Torres gets the the win in this bout. I cannot wait for this next fight in the welterweight division. Gilbert Burns takes on Kamzat Chimaev in what is has the opportunity to be the Fight of the year. Gilbert Burns is coming into this bout with a win over Stephen Thompson after a loss to Kamaru Usman for the welterweight championship that ended a pretty good run to title contention with wins over Olivier Aubin mercier Mike Davis, um, Alexei Konchenko, Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley. So he definitely worked his way up into title contention, but Kamzat Chemayev is a different animal. Coming off of a win over Li Jinglong, uh, I said that really badly. Uh, sorry. Uh, also a victory over Gerald Mearshat back in 2020. Reece McKee also fell victim, as did John Phillips. This is without question the most difficult fight of Chmaev's UFC career. The, the, it is not even close. And yet... Everyone is still believing that Chemayev is able to get it done. There is a lot telling me that Gilbert Burns is at least a live dog in this fight because of more high-level experience, but I think that this is the the Chemayev run. I think that we are now looking at one of the, the next great forces in the welterweight division. This is going to be a hell of a fight. I cannot wait. You, you have Chamaev who his UFC career second-round knockout at a minute twelve. Then, so what's that? That's 6 minutes and 12 seconds. 3 minutes and 9 seconds for the next fight, so we are up to 9 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, sorry, 9 minutes and 21 seconds. We don't add a lot to that when he beats Mearshart in 17 seconds. And then, uh, he beats up on Li Jing Liang in 3 minutes and 16 seconds. So this guy has spent just over 10 minutes in the UFC octagon in 4 fights. He is an absolute force. I think that continues. And honestly, I think he should get the next title shot at 170 pounds with a win over uh, Gilbert Burns here. I I think this is the time to just attach the rocket to the guy and just shoot him to the moon. this, This has all the makings of the next star in the welterweight division that brings us to the two title bouts on the card aljamain sterling defending his championship in the bantamweight division against the man he took it from the interim bantamweight champion piotr jan the way that aljamain sterling won that belt is always going to be up for debate as he was getting annihilated by piotr jan, who in the fourth round at 429 landed an illegal knee Aljamain Sterling could not continue. This is not professional wrestling where the title can't change hands on a disqualification. It's Super Can, and it did. And Aljamain Sterling won the Bantamweight Championship. Piotr Jan has followed that loss by beating up Corey Sandhagen for five rounds to win the interim Bantamweight Championship. Jan feels like he is the best fighter In this division. I like Aljamain Sterling a lot, but he wasn't winning for a second in that fight against Jan. Now, that is not to suggest that he cannot get better, and I think you give, what is that, almost 20 full minutes of tape of what this fight can look like of Sterling versus Piotr Jan, to a pretty good coaching staff at Saralongo, and there are going to be adjustments made. I just don't think you can coach him up to a level that Piotr Jan is at. Jan has phenomenal technique on the feet, and is just an absolute pinpoint assassin when it comes to, to some of the strikes that he can land. I like Aljamain Sterling a lot, and if he loses this bout, I would, I would not mind a third one, but I, I think right now is Piotrion's time, and I think he gets the. Um, I think he gets the the, the victory here, and, and gets his title back—a a title that he probably. I mean, he should have lost. Like, definitely, don't throw an illegal knee, and that was um, a moment of weakness. But he he gets the win here, and then in the main event, in the featherweight division, Alexander Volkanovsky defends his title against the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. Uh, but just going by Korean Zombie now. Zombie is coming off of a win over Dan Ige following a loss to Brian Ortega, while Volkanovski is defending the championship that he won uh, from Max Holloway back in 2019, defended in a split decision win over Max Holloway back in 2020, and in 2021 won a unanimous decision in the fight of the night against Brian Ortega for The win. There are going to be a lot of people who maybe haven't kept up with the Korean zombie. He hasn't fought on a pay per view since UFC 163. That was back in August of 2013. He fought against Shose Aldo on that card. Lyoto Machida against Phil Davis was the co main event. So if you're not one who pops in on the odd fight night, you may not know that there have been substantial improvements to this fighter's game. And this is where I almost wish sports betting was kind of like investing, where it's like, I. I do not think Korean Zombie wins this fight. Is there a non-zero chance? Yes, but it's not much more than zero. However, I think he's going to do better than the odds would suggest. And the last time I checked, Volkanovski's around minus 700. Th- this fight is going to be closer than that so I wish I could buy a little bit of stock in this just being a close fight you know um I- instead of just having to go all the way of picking Chan Sung Jung he has made improvements he is not just the zombie where he got the nickname from where he's just going to march forward hands down and just throwing bombs um at you he he took the time while he was away in the the, the Korean-, Korean military and then Coming back, fighting Dennis Bermudez, Yair Rodriguez, Hinato Moicano, Frankie Edgar, Brian Ortega, and Dan Ige, he has grown as a fighter. And the the loss against Yair Rodriguez, like, should not have happened. He was winning that fight until Rodriguez lands a, a random—I don't want to say a fluke elbow because it was there was a lot of skill involved in that. But it, it was— It was an interesting shot, anyway, that maybe makes this title opportunity for a Korean zombie, maybe makes it take a little bit longer. But he ends up in a a good situation. This was supposed to be a Max Holloway fight, but Max Holloway um, could not make it into about... And then this fight got delayed, but they're still going to have it. This is a really intriguing fight because Zombie has grown into a more technical fighter. The problem is you are not going to out-technique Alexander Volkanovsky. There are advanced things that he can do on the feet that he has learned in his time at training at uh, City Kickboxing and Tiger Muay Thai out in Australia that you, you just... you you. It is so tough to prepare for him. I think he is one of the highest level fighters in the sport. And I think we will get to a point where we can talk about him as one of the higher level fighters of all time. I think the pressure that he puts on fighters and then the technique that he is able to follow that pressure with is unlike a whole lot that we have seen before. And while Korean Zombie his technique has improved it is not at this level um i think this is going to be a bit of a closer fight but i think alexander volkanovsky gets the win setting up a third bout with max holloway even though he has defeated the former featherweight king on a couple of occasions that second fight was a very close split decision that a lot of people had going holloway's way um so i think there will be a trilogy even though the champion has won two in a row but we are we are looking at one of the, the more complete fighters you will see in the UFC octagon, and it will be another a, a treat to watch him again this Saturday from Jacksonville. So those are the picks. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Uh, I am going to Saskatchewan this week. I am hoping that we will still be able to put some shows out there for you from Saskatchewan a lot of that will depend on rural Saskatchewan internet. I have been told it's improved and I have been told that it is good. So um, probably a bit of Blue Jay stuff coming in as that's going to be a lot of what I'm uh, watching while I'm out there. Really excited to be out to enjoy opening day with my family. Hope you all uh, are enjoying it as well. So, the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio, gonna be moving for uh, about a week as we head out to Saskatchewan. Spring into action with Clearwater Cleaning Solutions this spring, and get 10% off your booking when you call 403-274-3998 and mention Spring Promo. That is 403-274-3998. Um, and mention spring promo. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy a great time in sports. And I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out.